Hello, hello, it's JJ. I'm so excited to be with all of you today, and I'm even more excited to introduce you to Martha Evilis. She is a woman in tech that has a tremendous journey, and we are definitely going to talk about the highlights, but what I really want to focus in are some of those key moments she had throughout her career. And when we were preparing for this discussion, you know, a word that kept coming up for us is self-doubt, but also self-worth. And what I hope to dive into today with Martha is really about how she has been able to catapult herself into a role, into a direction she desires, even when she might have questioned herself and how she's moved that questioning and self-doubt into self-worth that really helped her get to a place where she not only values the work that she delivers, but also uses it as a tool to negotiate and leverage when she wants to make that next step in her career. So Martha, I couldn't be more thrilled you're with me today. Thank you for joining. Hi, JJ. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited for the discussion. So I'd love to jump into your career trajectory, but what I really want to start with is self-worth because this is such a big challenge for so many women. So how did you get around some doubts you might have had to really step into more self-worth? So I think it's a couple things. First of all, self-worth is something that I think we all struggle with. I don't want to um, come from a place of, I have reached the top of the mountain. I don't doubt myself. Let me be clear that I doubt myself regularly. But something that has really helped me along the way, I've had coaches, um, I've had executive coaches, marketing advisors, I go to therapy. But I think sometimes it's reframing how you think about things. So let's say you take a big um, a loss at work or you, you know, you screw something up. Sometimes that happens. Um, instead of thinking about it in a beating yourself up, like how could I have done this? Um, think about it as an opportunity for growth and, and reframing that and don't sit in it, if that makes sense. And so you start finding yourself worth that way. And then one other thing that I want to put out there, and hopefully this resonates with you and your audience, is that I think sometimes we also, we always seek like external validation. We're constantly looking for, you know, we want, whether it's our boss or our peers or whatever, to be recognized. And I think when you stop caring about that as much and realize that your self-worth is literally how you feel about yourself and how you frame yourself, it really changes the game. Does that make sense? That is amazing and very much aligns to something I was listening to yesterday. I was listening to Amy Porterfield's podcast, and she had a guest on that was talking about his interaction with Wayne Dreyer. And Wayne Dreyer said, don't tie your confidence to your outcome tie your confidence to your intentions because you have a lot more control over that and you're not always chasing the next thing. Totally agree with that. Right. So for, I've had flops at work, but if it's like, look, I did my best and I gave it my all and it still ended up where I flopped. Well, if I look at it as like, well, I gave it my all and now I understand what I need to learn to take the, to up-level this or to take this to the next level or Sometimes it's consider the source, you know, (laughs) if it's something that like, hey, someone didn't like it. I don't know. Consider the source. Do I even care about this person's opinion? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's just that's just how I think about it. So hopefully that's helpful. It is helpful because I think I hear you're saying that you're giving yourself permission to one, accept mistakes, 
to not harbor energy that may not be serving you or really is not yours. And three, look back at your intentions. What was the intention and was your intention aligned with the right things? Completely. That's completely true. Mm, I love that. I love that. Well, you know, with that, I'd love to shift into negotiation. But before I do that, I want to talk a little bit about your career journey because it's hard for women to get to the VP level and definitely in tech companies in the tech industry. So can you tell us a little bit about sort of how you moved through your career to get to that level? Sure, sure. I want to take a, a tiny step back and just tell you that I'm a first-generation American. My parents were Nicaraguan immigrants. And why I'm telling you that is because I think that I realized now, like I, I recently realized, it, I would say in the last two years, that that helped me build a lot of resilience and be able to work, quote-unquote, a little bit fearlessly. So I'll tell you about my career, and then I'll, I'll circle back to that. So graduated. Um, undergrad shortly after uh, 9-11. The economy was pretty soft back in 2002, 2003. And so uh, no one was really hiring except for this little tiny startup. And I was like, okay, I'll take a job, right? I was a college kid. I just needed a job. Um, Because I started in startups, I quickly realized like, okay, startups are fun and sexy and they're also very difficult and you learn a lot of things. And so because I am someone that had to kind of blaze my own trail as a child, being a first-generation immigrant, I kind of did that in my career in the sense that in startups, I would have my managers or leaders of organizations see that I was a hard worker and then say, hey, do you want to take this on? And JJ, there were so many times where I had no idea. I remember one time I had a boss say, do you want to do sales enablement? And I was like, sure. I had no idea what sales enablement meant. I had to go and look that up later. But I said yes, right? So I said yes at opportunities that were scary. I'm going to be honest with you, but, you know, I started climbing the ladder that way because I was just taking on more responsibility and exposing myself to more things. Um, In 2012, I went to get an MBA because I thought, well, I want to be a CEO one day and I'm very aware that I'm a woman and I'm very aware that, you know, my parents are immigrants and I have tan skin. So I was like, this will be a card I need to play. But what I learned at McCombs, and I can't say great enough things about the UT MBA program, is that networking and advocating and self-worth, all these things are so important. They're just as important as the hard skills that you're going to learn about, you know, financial statement analysis, if you will. And so that kind of cracked a different part of my brain open. And I started doing this discovery work and this journey of, I started paying for my own kind of um, leadership coaches and executive coaches. And I have been since 2012. and then, you know, <laughs> then I got to be a VP one day. And what I, what I really want and my impact, um, m- my impact on the world to be is that I reach back and make sure that I tell my story and that I'm advocating for women and that I'm lifting other women up because I didn't have that in my career, really. And so I think I over-index on that a little bit, but I like it. I like doing that. You know, I think that's what that's my intention. And that's why I get up and do the things that I do every day. So hopefully that helps give you some context. Oh, it's great context. And you know, the reality is in diversity inclusion work is that it's hard to create a level playing field. 
And I think the fact that you took it upon yourself, not only to get your master's, but to invest in yourself with coaches is instrumental. Regardless of your gender, your skin color, it's absolutely critical to create a path for yourself, build that bridge. Uh, but you're seeing it you know, through your eyes and through your background and the fact that you're fearless in so many ways because of your upbringing and your um, your family is so critical. And I hear you in so many times really highlight how you build self-efficacy. And the way I view mm-hmm. self-efficacy is having a vision for where you want to go and believing you can achieve it, which is only created if you take on opportunities before you're ready. Totally, right? And you have to do it scared. Like, that's part of it. And it's okay to be scared, but you got to move through it, for sure. Yeah, Brene Brown says, you know, you're going at the right things if you're half scared and half excited. <laughs> that's what I love Brene, by the way. I want to meet her one day. I'm like, how do I get to meet this woman? I've read all her books twice because... That's just who I am. Yes, I love that. I think you will. I think you will. Well, I'd like to shift over to the keys to negotiation because so much of your work, you highlight how you've had to negotiate situations to really cultivate not only the energy, but the opportunities that you sit in right now and probably what you're going to do in the future too. So, you know, Mm -hmm. how did you leverage that background, your mindset, your investment in your coaching and leadership? Um, Hours, how did you really channel that to ask for what you want and negotiate along the way? Yeah, so I think that this is something that I still am a work in progress. Let me be clear. I've definitely gotten better at it. Uh, we also, in business school, took a whole negotiations course that really helped me. But um, I do think it's about understanding what it is that you want out of whatever that negotiation is, whether it's a salary negotiation, your career, whatever. So understanding that, understanding what value you bring to the table, right? I think too many times as women, we discount a lot of the value that we bring to the table or we, to your point, have the self-doubt and we don't think about our value. And so two things, you've got to come to the table with like, okay, here's what I, I know what value I have. This is what I bring to the table. Um, This is really what I want. And then be comfortable with the uncomfortable because negotiations are not easy, right? I think, I mean, maybe sometimes they're easy, but I think you have to be prepared to have an uncomfortable conversation and a discussion. But if you have alignment around those two things that I talked about, it's it's the easiest it can be on your side of the table, if that makes sense. So let's talk about this for a second, because I think you have a good story too about the negotiation. But negotiation, I think for a lot of women is scary. They often take what is given to them. So, you know, do you have a time where something was sort of offered to you and you were like, ah, yeah, that's not going to work for me? Or do you have an opportunity where maybe somebody's negotiated with you about roles that you're presenting to them? Um. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely had a time. <laughs> I definitely had a time where I was like, uh, so I'll, let me back up and say that I was at a startup and I had taken on several other jobs. Uh, it happened through some employee attrition. Um, and then they were like, well, give it kind of to Martha and her team and they can do it. And we did. But through that process, after doing it about six months, I was like, oh, I need to get a raise and my team. And we need to get recognition about this. Like we've, we've done the job. Um, before we were getting paid for it. And so I uh, I went in to talk to my boss at the time and 
he was kind of like, oh, because I, I'm a work absorber, right? I'll absorb work. That's fine. But um, I said, I need, I'd like to make this much money and this is what I would like. Except I had, I had it laid out. Like, this is what the organization looks like. This is what I think, you know, salary bumps here and here's the salary I would like. And he said, no. <laughs> and that can happen. Um, totally part of life. And trust me, I was, I was scared the whole way through. But I was holding my own, JJ. I was holding my own. So I said, okay. And he wanted to kind of meet me in the middle, right? And let's, for simple math, let's say I was asking for uh, a $15,000 um, increase in my salary. But remember, they had there was a whole headcount that they weren't paying for. And so what I went is I went and did some research on um, what would this person cost if it wasn't absorbed by the marketing team, and what would that cost to the business? I, I came back to him. We had a second conversation with research on that, and I also told him that I was going to start interviewing if I wasn't getting paid my worth. And he didn't love that strategy, and that is a card that you can't play very often. But I played it and it worked <laughs> because I had been there for like five years. And, you know, I was like, hey, we, we need to make this right. So, well, and were you going to maybe look for another job? Yes. I had, yeah. I had already applied for like four or five jobs. Yeah. So I think for many women, one, you have to believe you're worth it. I think that's the first thing. You absolutely have to believe you're worth it. Two, you've got to ask for it. People are not just going to give you things unless you ask for it in most circumstances. And three, if you get the word no, it's not no forever or no, an absolute no. You can go back with further information. And I think for that you researched it and you knew enough about the industry and really about yourself that you weren't going to stay in that situation. And I think five is just sort of really talking it through with someone like, hey, this is the details. And, you know, if this isn't going to happen, I'm going to go. Now, for many women, you might not have that luxury or you might not have that confidence. But I just think recognizing Martha's journey of how she got to a yes from a no. And I think for that, it is so powerful. Thank you. Yeah, I will. Uh, and this is just a funny story. I never thought I would tell someone this on a podcast, but one of my executive coaches, this was probably four or five years back. She was like, man, you're so bold. And I was looking at her literally dumbfounded, like, Jennifer, what are you talking about? She's like, you're just really bold sometimes, Martha. And I was like, really? She's like, yes. And we, you know, she gave me instances because we've been working together for years. And um, I got the word bold tattooed on my wrist. It's really tiny, <laughs> but on days that I'm feeling down and I forget, I just look at it. So mm -hmm. sometimes you got to be bold. I love that. I love that. That self-reminder that you can, you will, and you do. And I think that is so, so powerful. So for those listening that are like, oh my goodness, there's no way I could have done that. Let's talk a little bit about maybe some fears you might have had. I mean, did you go through this being like, you know what, do or die, I'm going to get this or I'm leaving? Or did you second guess yourself? Did you have fears with that decision or others? Oh my God, I've had kind of fears all the time. I had fears with that decision because I was a homeowner and I was like, I have a car payment, I have a mortgage, Martha, what are you doing? Like there was definitely a Martha sitting on my shoulder doubting me the whole way. And there was this other Martha that was like, we're going for it, <laughs> right? And so that tension and that struggle, um, you have to make sure that it's a healthy balance. What I mean by that is you don't want to be reckless, but it's okay to be bold, if that makes sense. Um, and then to your question about 
just fear in general. Uh, yeah, I was, I was afraid on Tuesday. Uh, I'm an introvert. Uh, so actually being on podcasts or presenting in front of people or presenting to my executive team, by the way, the executive team that I work on right now is the most supportive I've ever had in my career. And I feel super fortunate and I'm lucky and I'm grateful for that. Um, but I had to do a presentation and I was nervous. I mean, like I was sweating. <laughs> I was having, I was having physical reactions to it. And, uh, and in my head, I had, I didn't sleep the night before, even though I was presenting something that is on marketing. So it's, it's my topic. It's something that I know. Uh, I created the presentation. I was prepared, but it, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't get scared. So I just, I just want to be clear that it's, it's, it's a journey. And I think fear is part of it. Oh, I think so too. I, I'm like you. I was scared this week too for things I had said yes to a couple of weeks ago that now manifested. I'm like, oh shoot, I can't believe I said yes. What was I thinking? <laughs> oh gosh. But I think it's so real to just sort of talk about that because so many women think that they have to have every T crossed, every I dotted before they step in. And what I'm hearing from you is I do my research, I do a great job, and I'd be sure I ask, but I'm still fearful. I'm still fearful. Yeah, and you can't control the outcome. Like, that's something that I realized in life, and I've learned this the hard way. You can never control the outcome. What you can control is how you show up, how prepared you are, and your mental state when you take the loss. But you can never control the outcome. And so, you just have to get comfortable with that. Um, but I think life is always like that, right? Regardless of we're talking about work, your personal life, your relationships, what have you, right? You don't control outcomes. Even if, even if we would want to, even if I would love to have a magic wand and just say, boom, this is exactly what I want. That's not how life works. So yeah, lesson I've had to learn the hard way for sure. Let me, let me, let me say that I only learned that through a lot of struggle. So Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, I really appreciate your authenticity and your stories because I feel like we learn through other people's journeys, which is why this is so important to include key women in this podcast and some of the work that I'm doing over on Together We Seek. So I really appreciate you joining. Do you have any final words or inspirational quotes that you turn to? Yeah. Uh, well, first, I really appreciated this discussion and thank you for having me. Uh, I think it is important for women to hear about these kinds of things. And I think a good inspiring quote that popped into my head during our discussion is sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. I and love so, that. I love that. Sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. That is yeah. so powerful. Because we all learn a lot more from our losses or quote-unquote failures than our wins, you know? Yes. And I always encourage women, like those opportunities are opportunities to build your self-efficacy and really prove to yourself that you can pull things across the finish line you didn't even expect. Totally. And if you've got a tattoo it on your wrist, tattoo it on your wrist, because that's what I did. <laughs> Double hands up on that, Martha. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thanks, JJ. Have a wonderful day.